Facing the day, they still call me. Obviously, they want some more work. One contract. That was just one. Yeah. But I got 40 of them. That's what a lot of people don't understand. You got to watch, rinse, repeat this thing. What yeah. is going on right you got <laughs> All right. You got to okay. watch, rinse, repeat it, man. The thing is this. There's not a lot of companies that know how to obtain federal government contracts. That's the first thing. So the federal government continues to call the same companies over and over again, even though they know you don't have a specialty. What they do know is you can find a subcontractor that's going to do the job of the scope of work and get it done. That's what they know. Golly. Mm -hmm. How many contracts do you have right now? Forty. You have 40 contracts. Yeah. Various numbers, right? They're not all yeah, 3.2. No. But they're not all only 3.2, bro. Right, right. <laughs> you feel me? Like, so nowadays, I've tapped into the real estate world and federal government contract. That's a different space. That's a whole different beast. But 30 of my contracts are four years and better. So that's that residual, you know, month after month after and month. And just, uh, just that particular isolated situation, the 3.2 is spread out over four years. It's over four. Yeah. Gotcha, gotcha. So, and how do they pay it out? Every month, every 30 days. So they take 3.2 million divided by the X months, amount of months. Yeah, whatever the months And are. then they just yep. I joint. invoice. I invoice. So I see how much money I got to charge them every month. I hit that invoice button. Boom. Maybe 15 days later in the same month, that money come through. So you send out 40 invoices every month. Yeah. Well, now, not me, but. Right. Not yeah, you. Yeah. yeah. But the team, yeah. That's lit. <laughs> All right. Okay. So let's let's take them back. Let's take them back. Like, who is Jay White? Like, how did you get started? Man, I was working at the gas station. I was in 2008. I was working at the gas station. BP. My homeboy rolled up on me. I was serving gas. The like, boy behind the glass. Yeah, that was me. So you pulled up on me. So everybody got a little salsa, right? Right. If you my people, I'm going to give you some free gas. You give me $20, I'm going to give you $10 worth of free gas, right? What year is this? It's 2008. Oh, yeah. Yeah, okay. you can just pull up to the tank. It ain't like now, right? You got to pay before you play. Right. Back then, you could just go to the pump and get right. it in. Right, yeah. right. Hold so, on, we're, we're in Maryland? No, no, no. I'm from uh, Virginia. Virginia. North, yeah. Did they pump the gas for you in Virginia? No. Because they did in New Jersey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In Jersey, yeah. they'll pump the gas for you. Well, that's up north, down south. Virginia ain't necessary. Virginia is some, it's somewhat yeah, well, considered we north. we in Georgia, but we Virginia, you know. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's, it's, Virginia is <laughs> not necessarily considered south. It's is the it? south, baby. Yeah. It's like borderline. Because I'm saying, but DMV is uh, Delaware. So, okay, Maryland, okay. So Virginia. I'm below the DMV. So north, you got northern Virginia. And then yeah. you got Tidewater. I'm from Tidewater. Okay, so we right. consider cool. it. Like, I don't know what I'm talking about. I know it in Virginia. Okay. All right, so you're the dude behind the class. Like, yo, let me get the chapstick. You're like, all right. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's me. You. Yeah, yeah, that's me. Hold on. All right, you want this one or you want that one? That's me. What sushi sushi you want? Or you want the great ones? All right, cool. Yeah, that was me. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So how did you? So he rolled up on me. Who? My homeboy. Mm -hmm. Say, I'm gonna do federal government contract. I don't get a, get a truck. I said, What's federal contract? What is that? I had no clue. He said, Hit me when you get off work. I said, But I got you. 
Next day, my boy went to jail, actually. Went to prison. The guy. Yeah, he went to prison. The next day, I hit him up when I got off, nothing. I hit him up the next day. His mama told me he got locked up. I'm so cool. He put the bug in my ear because he said it was such enthusiasm. I was like, yo, what is that? Like, he was hype. He's like, I'm going to get a truck. I'm going to get a federal contract. Ooh, I'm about to do this. I'm like, man, okay, cool. So he put the bug in my ear. I did my, my YouTube research back then. So I tried to piece everything together. It took me three years to win my first contract, though. So I started in 2008. I didn't win one until 2011. Dang. Yeah, I was struggling. I hate to, number one, I hate to read. I told you I got a PhD. Right. Public high school diploma. Right, right. So I don't got it all there in terms of the education. Like, okay, I, I, step one, step two, step, I ain't, I was just trying to That actually makes me it. feel real comfortable because I hate research. And when I, I hate it. I, because I've, I've heard of the industry and all I see is paperwork. And I'm like, yeah. this is not for me. Yeah, yeah. Period. So I'm just the guy, you know, jump out the window, build my parachute on the way down, and I'm taking all kind of lumps. Like, I can't figure it out. I'm getting frustrated. Three years. Three years. No contracts. None. Zero. But peep game, when I went at first one, it was over. Because I started to document what I was doing. Because I was getting close. All the ones that I was losing, I noticed I was getting a little better at certain pieces. Okay, like now my pricing is better. Right? Because at first, I might charge the government $20,000 to clean toilets. Like, I'm way off. I'm way off. But I didn't compare prices. I wasn't doing it. That's super high. The clean mm. toilets, maybe two. Like, I was doing stuff like two toilet contract, 20000 I want 20000 Gotcha. I'm going, I'm going too hard. The federal government, I'm thinking of it as like a blank check. Mm. Like I was doing it wrong. That's how I think of it. Yeah, I was yeah, right. Yeah, I was yeah. doing it wrong. So, boom, my pricing got better. Then my timing got better. Remember, they all got due dates. So, I was submitting them after the due date. Mm. I ain't have no computer for real. Like, I was all jacked up. I was just working with what I had. So my pricing, my timing got better, but more importantly, my communication got better. Because every contract has a contract specialist. Mm. Most people don't even communicate with them people. I communicated with them because I didn't know nothing. Okay, what's the definition of this word? I will call them. Okay, why do I need to sign this document? I will call them. So I started to notice the more and more I called, the more information they was, they was actually teaching me how to do it oh, as wow. I'm going through it, right? They ain't even know. So I started to document the things that I was doing and saying and the responses I was getting back. And then I won my first one. The first one I won, it was for 125 bucks to me. That was- of a man. And they done took that value away. Um. He got into it with Dr. Umar Johnson. Yeah, he a fraud too. That yeah. with Dr. Umar Johnson. Yeah, man, y'all know he a fraud. Y'all kind of preach some of the same things though. Well, I ain't begging for money. See, I was yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. We now I ain't saying a nigga don't say no real shit, but man, he done been caught with a stripper hoe. Uh, he been begging for money about a school he ain't got built. Uh, yeah, man, he he went. Off on a rampage one time, they thought the nigga was crazy, crazy. Oh uh, no, nah, man, uh, I ain't done none of that, homie. 
Yeah, man, I ain't had a, I ain't flopped yet. Just let me just say, yeah, I ain't fly, I ain't, I ain't flopped yet, man. Yeah, they got at least let me flop for they yeah bash me, but yeah, I ain't flopped yet. But Kevin Samuel and Doctor Umar Johnson, homie, oh uh, man, they playing on us with that shit, man. Neither one of these men. <clears throat> Man, we man, we just watched white folks go to the U.S. Capitol and storm the Capitol. We watched white, we watched fat white men climb walls. Oh man, they kill people. Man, them people went up there and done something we ain't never saw ever before in our time of living. And these are the men that I work Exactly. You know, what messages do you be trying to get out there? Uh, right now, homie, on the internet, I'm all, I'm all character, right? I'm all character and entertainment. <coughs> Excuse me. In real life, uh, I really work with children. And I ain't got to be a character, right? The character just expanded my platform. So, uh... 10 years I've been working in the community. Nigga, now I'm just, uh, now I'm like what they call, I'm retiring. I'm burnt out. <laughs> now uh, I'm transitioning from being a community guy to entertainment, character, YouTube, uh, comedian. And while I'm doing this, connecting people to programs as I travel from city to city. Uh, and people like yourself. Hey, man, you know anybody work with youth programs? Here, I got the youth program. So somebody interview me, homie. They don't just get a, a interview. They get a guy that can give you youth program to help this person over here. Uh, we got a trucking company. You know somebody with a trucking. You know so. Uh, so now, nah, homie, right now I'm just playing for the for the movie deal I done got. Uh, so this shit done went Hollywood and, 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 and entertainment and celebrity now. So uh, fuck the community, my people shit. Nigga, I did it for 10 years. I'm tired. I'm ready to retire. Let another motherfucker take over. Plus, motherfuckers like Malcolm X, Martin Luther King, them niggas died broke with that community shit. Everybody talking that my community shit. The kind of respect that... The appropriate attitude of non-specialists uh, to specialists ought to be one of respect, not um, uh, uh, not in necessarily enthusiasm. You shouldn't always accept what the expert says is to be as true, but you should be respectful of what they know and you don't. Um, and I think that that is an ongoing, unless you take great pains as a society to constantly um, reinforce that idea that experts deserve our respect, experts will not get respect. You're seeing, a, you're seeing a, this is on display right now, right? You have a group of lawmakers who have no respect for the expertise of uh, the economics profession. I literally saw a guy on TV the other day, some lawmaker from somewhere, who's like, I don't know anything about economics. I'll, you know, I know something about what it takes to run a household or something. 
this is a guy who's in Congress. I mean, it's, that's, <laughs> that's problematic, right? Um, but you, there has to be a kind of... Um, uh, we, this is something that you, you can't ever let up on enforcing that as a core ethic in a, in a technologically complex society. Uh, expertise is at the heart of all progress, right? And you have to create the social conditions under which expertise is respected. And if you let, if, if you let down your guard at all on that, crazy things start to happen. You have people running around saying that they don't want to vaccinate their children, and you have people running around saying that it's fine if we defaulted in two weeks. And we have, you know, there's this kind of madness that will, that will, take, that will take, take over. So that's, a, I mean, that's a, not an answer to the question because it's really hard to inculcate that, but the people in this room are, and me, we're all, we're the people who have to do that kind of work. Makes sense. Um, why don't folks start lining up uh, at the mics? I think we have one out here. Um, if you want to ask a question, uh, but I, I'll keep going on until uh, until you do. Um, as you think about all all the work that you have done, has there been an insight or two that you have captured that's really profoundly shaped your own behavior, your own life? Uh, that's interesting. Um, I, uh, well, I, the book that, Blink, my second book, was the book that affected my, uh, it so profoundly undermined my belief in my own capacity to make good decisions that I feel I floundered for several years after um, but in all kinds of ways, I just came away from that book um, realizing that the degree to which our, um, th th that we massively underestimate the role of the irrational in our own lives. Um, and we're constantly making up stories that make it sound to ourselves like we are behaving in a logical, commonsensical manner, and we're simply not. Um, you know, the, some guy, I, one of the guys I run with is a social psychologist, and he was telling me about this study that was done in recently where that looked at the, um, how the, um, the willingness of a judge to grant parole varied by the time of day. So right before lunch, judges are really, really crabby and don't grant parole at all. And then when they come back from lunch, their rates soar, right? That's the kind of thing where I would imagine that if you lined up all the criminal judges in America and you told them that, they would dispute that so vigorously, right? They're convinced that they approach every case the same and yet you do the simplest analysis and you discover a very disturbing um, uh, pattern. Now, you know, maybe some part of that is artifactual. Who knows? But it, it certainly merits some um, investigation, right? 
Well, I feel like there's that, there's versions of that everywhere. And we're so resistant to kind of acknowledging that about our lives. Wait, why don't we take one of the audience questions? Um, so I was really fascinated by your zeitgeist talk about elite institutions and thinking if we take Google as a potential elite institution, I'm curious your thoughts on the potential damage we may be doing to ourselves and our employees because not everyone here can be the superstar. And yet most of the people coming here were superstars before. Yeah. So I'm curious if you have any research or thoughts yeah. on the impact of that for organizations. Yeah, so this is a very interesting question. So how do you restructure organizations such that you minimize the psychological damage of people at the bottom of the hierarchy? So one way is to limit the notion of hierarchy, right? So what is the thing that is so toxic about uh, elite colleges in science and math programs is that necessarily there is a hierarchy. You give out grades and you know where you rank and you're in a classroom setting where you're all trying to do the same thing so you can easily compare yourself to your peers and know whether you're behind or... That, those conditions don't necessarily apply in the workplace. It's possible to construct workplaces that don't have the toxic element of hierarchy to the same degree, right? That's the... We shouldn't give grades then at Google? Well, I don't know how you... I don't know how you... No, I mean, it wouldn't be as explicit as grades, but I'm saying that there are... You can organize a workplace in a... thought that they love the content because right. they was clicking the crap out of it. So they was like, yo, this is it. This is the content. But you manufactured it. I was... Yo, I yo, I'll post one post. I'll go to sleep, wake up to three grand. When Facebook hit, the numbers triple. Wow! Because okay, you're driving traffic to this website, and you just I guess maybe it's like an order form or something like that where you can just a just a blog, regular blog, and they'll just pay for the ad placement. That's it. All right, so explain the parody accounts. So a parody account is basically a fan account, a role-playing account. I'm pretending to be Will Ferrell, speaking in his voice. And as I'm speaking in his voice, the people see his profile, and then they made me put parody. Twitter made me put parody account on there. I'm Like, all my accounts got suspended. They said I was impersonating people. Man. I put fan accounts, but it was like, nah, that ain't good enough. Put parody accounts. Let them know your role plan. So they deleted all my accounts, gave them back, told me to put parody on there. And then it was just like me acting, acting, acting like I was Will Ferrell. And it, it was to the point where they would say, yo, Will Ferrell, you need to be like this Will Ferrell. <laughs> <laughs> because Will Ferrell don't have all day to sit there right, and right. make you laugh all day. So right. Angelina Jolie, she did love quotes. Will Ferrell, I had him cracking jokes. Um, I had Jay-Z, he was inspirational. Will Smith was inspirational. Hey. Yeah, yeah. And I just built them all up, the millions of followers. So is that 
was that play doing the same thing with the, the ad traffic or was that for another purpose? No, that was all solely based on the ad traffic. Because the more followers I had, the more money I was making. Yeah. So it was to the point where every time I refresh, I'll go up like $50, $100, $50. Like, I just keep refreshing. Bro, it's so crazy because today people can't figure out how to turn their followers into money. Yeah. And you've been doing it for yeah. a decade now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. Can you help me make some money? That's easy. Okay, what would the be, what would be the first thing you had me do? So if I had you make money, the first thing I would do is figure out a product that fit your brand the most. Okay. But what I would do is I'd test at least 30 products at one time. How? Would I have to post 30 products? I would do it through Facebook ads, Instagram ads. Oh, so coming from my account, we'll nope, run it. I wouldn't do it on your account yet. I'll test the model first. I'll test all the products, right? You can, get, products. you can get products on AliExpress. You can get products, you know. Oh, you actually get the physical product in just to see if the product is good. Exactly. Got it. You want to make sure it's a viral product, right? You can take products, test it out, test the market out, see what hits the best, based on what you feel is best for your brand. Gotcha. So you test 20, 30 products out, test them all at one time, give them like small budgets, Facebook ads, Instagram ads, and then whichever one rise to the top based on return on the investment, ROI, then I'll literally take that one product and then I'll repackage it around my brand. Mm. So once you repackage it around your brand, you can tell the same manufacturer to alter that product to make it yours now. And now you have your own product, you have a manufacturer, you have everything you need mm. to make sure that you, your, your product is actually going to hit. Because you tested it already, it's proven. Right. You're not going to the market guessing what people want. The last thing you want to do is guess what people want. You want to know based on data. You could know, but see. You want to make sure through analytics. We'll be a good product for me. I mean, if you had a product, I would test glasses. I would see, I would based, based on who you are, I would probably test hat. You always wear the hat backwards. I would test glasses, okay? I would test, like, a workbook, all right, to write mm-hmm. notes from your podcast. I would Just test— Just a regular, like a notebook, like a like with a structure, notebook? Structure based on how your podcast is set up. So I would have morning meetup notes, oh. right? I would have—I would have— you know, um, social proof. Whatever, however you structure it, you might have a book of the day, right? So, like, on every page, you'll have, you know, morning meetup. Like, you'll map out the day, social proof, boom, podcast for that time. So, you're training them on how you want them to actually be and think and move throughout the oh day. 
And then right at the end, you can put like affirmations, right? You can put a book of the day. What did what did you learn from that book from that day? Like, you know, I'm just off the top of my head, but that's something I would do. That would be another product. I would think of just different, def, definitely a digital product. Repurpose what you're saying. You've done this multiple times. Yeah, I do this all the time. Like, I, it's easy. Can we partner or something? What you try to look? Well, I don't know. What would I have to do? Okay, so let me ask. Would I, would I have to, like, be a client? Or, like, can we partner on something? So can this what happened. So I created my agency, Awazar, right? And I used to do service-based business. And now I just, I don't take anybody, like, I got a waiting list over a hundred people because I was, do I think I'm smart? Define smart. Like, like the strategic thinker, just like just the, the, the smartest person in the room. No, I feel like I, I I don't feel like I'm, um, I honestly don't feel like I'm that smart in terms of Mm -hmm. like, um, in, I don't know, I don't, I can't say not intelligent, but there's some things that my mind just doesn't process. So right now, I still don't 100% understand how you monetize Twitter, even though you told me. And my mind's trying to follow it. And I'm like, yeah. all right, well, okay, you send people to the banner, but do they pay? And you systematize. That's why I feel like you just, you look, you see things in pictures. So in terms Can of, you clearly define see things in pictures? All right, look, I know you're enjoying the episode, but I got to tell you, finally, you asked for it, and we created a Patreon, okay? We created an inner circle. We have amazing stories, amazing information, how-tos from the episodes. The only thing we're missing is a community. So... It's about that time. We put together our Patreon. We put together our community because we have to have conversation around the information. So even this podcast we're listening to right now, there needs to be conversation. I want to hear what you got. I want to hear what you got. Like, let's throw some stuff back and forth. And because we're like-minded, we're all going in the same direction. When we connect, connect in a community, we can connect on other stuff outside the community because we're building real relationships. Okay, so... Check out the Patreon. We got three tiers. I don't care what tier you join. Um, the support is um, the support is appreciated. Okay, thank you so much. Now back to the episode. So, for instance, um, I had a friend. Um, he was never afraid to talk to women. Uh, that was always my thing. I was just I always take the friend. I just know what's <laughs> a situation. I'm gonna take the friend. It's all good, but. <laughs> In his head, he knows how this thing's going to work out. Right. It's almost like a visionary. Visionary. From walking up, what he's going to say, what she's going to say, how it's going to go, his rebuttal, where they're going to go later. But that's based on experience. That's all that is. You can predict the future where you know what you know. Hmm. And that's what happened with your boy. He done been through it so many times, he can already predict the next move. The thing is, I think, so for instance, in these interviews, I never know how they're going to go. We 
we've done hundreds, over hundreds of joints. Mm-hmm. And I don't like even like if I'm if I'm building a business, it's always like a real organic thing. Like we didn't run no ads to the morning meetup. We have like hundreds and hundreds of people in it. But literally day to day, I'm just focusing on delivering today. And I'm 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 trying to get into it now. I look at the numbers and analytics stuff like that, but I just don't. I don't know if I put the whole play together in my head. I just keep walking. Like remember, I asked you, I, okay, I got this product and this product, and I don't know what to do. You're like, well, okay, structure it this way, put it in the photo. This is you're gonna run traffic today, and like, and even after the call, I'm like, all right, I know what I'm gonna do. And then I hang up. I was like, hold on, what he said. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking at my notes like, uh, <laughs> that's why I'm saying like smart. But you told me something we was at a restaurant um, where you were like, yo, you don't even have to be smart. You mm-hmm. said something like that earlier mm-hmm. today. Explain that. Do you remember? Yeah. No, I feel like people focus on the wrong thing to be wealthy. And the reality is if you focus on certain key elements, key points, you can accomplish that. One is relationships. If you can master relationships, you'll get opportunities that the normal person would never get because they don't have the relationship. Mm. The second thing is making sure you have the drive to do it, being persistent and consistent. Those three, being consistent and persistent with the right networking skills to build relationships, the people skills, with those three is a combination for wealth. Dang, that's crazy. It's easy. And then by you knowing this information, just hit me. you can utilize it in a way where you have the ups on anybody you meet because, or that's trying to do the same thing you're trying to do because you understand that that's what you need. Because the information is going to come based on a relationship. If right now I wanted to start Let's say an e-com brand, and I knew nothing about e-commerce. I can call one of my relationships, and now I know everything. Because he's just going to tell me. And then you'll consistently work at it and be persistent once things don't go well. You God, and it just hit me, because the same example that I was using like with this podcast I, those are the only three things I have. I'm consistently dropping every single week. I'm persistent. I'm I'm gonna get the interviews, and I'm I'm just focused on good relationships. Done. Dang, that's genius. You are smart. <laughs> <laughs> just, seriously. So now, if you think about it, like we built our relationship, right? You decided you have morning meetup. You want to create more products to add more value to your audience. What we did, we got on a call, gave you my time, 
and you like we mapped out some crucial. Mm-hmm. But you didn't know that before the call. Then I Monster Cody, you can go get all you can go get all them OGs that that's that's on camera talking and ask them to show you how they live and where they live and you will see, man, they really homeless. OG Percy is a crack addict, huh? Everybody know he smoked crack, huh? That's a dope fiend. That's a dope fiend, huh? I ain't never smoked crack. So I'm saying, okay, that's why they love DMX. They loving the dope. Man, this is the dope crack babies. They despise their mamas, but they idolize the dope fiend rappers, the dope fiend gangsters, but they resent their mothers. They resent their grandmothers for being dope fiends. Only to look at these men to idolize, not look up to. They don't look up to these men. They idolize. So I'm saying, man, uh, the only reason we went back and forward is because I spoke on something and it was right. Y'all fighting for what, homie? Y'all for to do a fight for what? Two black men for the fight for what? So now... We done tricked the world to believe that only black men can solve their problems is in the boxing ring. Like you said, let's have a spelling bee, right? Man, a debate. (laughs) Nigga, let's nigga, let's have a let's let's have a a obstacle. Let's go do an obstacle course, nigga. So you're but I never I never really I never really asked him that. I never really asked him that, but I know that he felt some way because um because of how it all turned out like 
he was like the main person. And then from being the main person and not being the main person, I think that that had a toll on him. Yeah, for sure. Because like he used to have the vans with his face wrapped on it and went from his face to our face now. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? So I think that it probably was something there. Yeah. But, but I mean, but y- y'all relationship never strained. Yeah, yeah, no, we was always good. Yeah. We was like, we had that Virgo to Virgo. I don't know if you know Virgos to Virgos, but we airtight. Like, you know, he was always like, yeah, he was like the main, main, main man. Wow. So y'all, y'all make the, y'all make the song grind on me. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's just out of here. So basically what happened was they had the song and they took the song and every day they just played it one time a night, one time a night. And they called so many times, like, yo, if you don't my radio station. grind on me, Power 96, we broke the record for the number one most requested record in the history really? of the radio station. It went viral. It went it went crazy. And this was before, this was before it was uh this was before they had any social media. So we used to go, we used to perform so many times, we would post, I mean, we would, we would perform one time, then two times a day, then went to three times a day. And every time we did a show, we got booked for another show. Wow. And my dad understood the re- re- reciprocation rule. So what he would do is he would tell them, even though at the time they was offering us money to perform, he would say, nah, you owe me. Do me a favor. Or whenever I need you, just be there for me. Or mm. get us another show. We'll do it for free. Just get us another show. And we was performing so much. When they say Pretty Ricky and the Mavericks is coming to the stage, all the girls are rushed to the stage just by hearing the name because we performed so much. And we practiced on our craft of performing before we even really understood music. What do you mean? What was that regimen look like? Because we would go and practice literally every day for four hours. Mm. For years. At least like seven, eight years before we finally popped. Every day. Hold on, bro. Hold on. So y'all every practicing day. four hours a day, every, every day. day for years. Years. Only like we probably like the weekends, we probably wouldn't do it because we'll be out performing. But weekdays, because we know we had a show coming up on the weekend. So we'll perform every day to the weekend come. Perform the sa- pretty much the same songs, though. Same exact thing. Re- repetition. Every single day. The same exact show. Every single day. Wow. Which we, explains why you guys, like, it, y'all pops. Like, you're, you're really, really good. If you, like, you're, you're, not only are you performing on a regular basis, you're practicing on a regular basis, meaning you got this routine down. Y'all not going to miss a beat. We never miss the beat. Goodness gracious. Never miss the beat. Yeah. And it took off. We, uh, Ground on went platinum. Your body went platinum. On the hotline went platinum. Like, mm. worldwide. 
so there was, that was a, that was a good run of music. Mm-hmm. When did it start to slow down? So it slowed down when my father was handling all the money. He was the record label. He was the manager, which is already a conflict. We was 18 coming in the game. So we was, we was. Your dad was a manager this whole time. He was the manager. He was the manager. Then he had somebody help him manage. Then he transitioned to to the label owner. And then we had like a manager that he had doing his work for him. But, you know, the day to day of it. But yeah, he he didn't really make too many great decisions because he understood the streets. Excuse me. He understood the streets, but he didn't understand the corporate. When you go corporate, like, it's a whole nother beast. Mm-hmm. You got to understand that paperwork. You got to understand how to get in those rooms and have those conversations. And he he knew it good enough to get us in the door, to get us platinum, but he couldn't take it to that, you know, to the next level. He had to pass that off, and I think it was too late before he realized he had to pass it off. You oh, know, wow. he made some uh, some bad investments with the money and, like, just left me broke, like we zero. Bad investments with the money. Investing in your career just in the wrong way or, like, investing in, like, your Other audience. stuff. Just doing stuff that ain't had nothing to do with music. Really? Did he ever, did, was, was he, t- like, talking to you all about it or he was just, like, doing we, it? We had family meetings all the time, but, nah, we didn't, we didn't really have a say in, like, how he did the business. You know, he'll bring us around certain environments so we can see because he was always mentoring us on, like, you know, the game and, like, integrity is everything. Your name, you know, your name is everything. If you tell somebody you're going to do something, you do it. Like, you know, different morals and, like, negotiation skills, how to make money. Like, he taught us all that. Mm. But he didn't understand how to invest and how to deal with the big boys when it came to, certain infrastructures. Gotcha, gotcha. So y'all, I mean, pretty much independent, your manager just creates a label mm-hmm. and signs you all to the label that he creates. Guys, and what's up, Aaron? Keep doing your thing, dude. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank, Thank you. you very much. What do you do? I will. What do you do? Closing his first deal in two weeks. Congratulations. I hope you make money on it. Good deal. Good deal. You should be ringing the bell. Whenever somebody closes the deal, we should have the bell to ring or get me the rubber chicken. Chucky, where's your chicken? All right. What else you got? Anything else? Anybody else? Heath Sims. Thanks for the $5. Ben, you ever heard of salad? Salad? Yeah, I know all about salad. It comes right before you. you get a meal. Salad is what you enjoy on your way to the big steak, baby. I love salad, but not too much. You know, it's just to get you started, get your stomach going, because something good's getting ready to come. So you just give it that little teaser with the salad. All right? What else? Softla Ben, 10. Thanks for the $5. What do you know about collecting rents and putting in a sweep account and making interest off of it 
An OG property manager was telling me about this. All right. A sweep account is, it's really in banking. It has to do with banking. You put the money in account, the bank sweeps it out. Some banker comes with a broom and a dustpan, sweeps up your money, and he goes, puts it somewhere else where he claims he's making more money because he's invested in something that's paying more money, and then he gives you a piece of that action. I believe that's the way it works. They sweep the money out, they put it in a can and somewhere where it's making more money with the other money that the bank has, and then they split the profit with you. So you get a little more interest than you would just sitting in their account doing nothing. That's my opinion. Verify it with a banker, but it's very common on any kind of operating accounts to have a sweep account come in and sweep up. That's what the goddamn banks do. They like to clean up, clean up your money. What else you got? Anything? IGH Properties. Thanks again for the $99.99. Ben. $99.99. Ben, I, I outspent the doctor. Real estate investors make more money than doctors anyways. I'm only renting for Section 8. Now, so if tenants don't pay, I'm still making money, baby. Well, you're a smart guy. You're doing exactly what I did. I mean, you know, that's the benefit. If you rent to Section 8 and you, you work with agencies and help low-income people and, and play with the program, then it pays off because you got security. You got the government backing you up, you know, guaranteeing you they, they're going to uh, pay you that money. So I'm glad. I'm happy for you. I wish I was in your shoes because... I'm not in those shoes. Shagadam, thanks for the $5. Hey, Ben, thanks for, for your insights. When do you think the real estate market will crash, and when will be a good time to buy? You know, right now we're in uncharted waters. You know, everybody's holding on, but I'm telling you now, and everybody's got a prediction. And, and half the time, people predict the right thing. Why? Because you're either right or you're wrong. You got a 50% chance. It's like going, it's like when my wife goes to the roulette table. You know, she either plays the black or the red. Why? Because she knows she's got a 50-50 chance of winning. You know, so, um, you know, I'm predicting we don't know what the hell's going on now. The government's really pumped up the economy to keep it going. But I think it's inevitable. The banks aren't getting the money they need on their mortgages. Landlords aren't collecting rents right now. And, and you can't even blame the companies not paying them because they're not making no money. The movie theaters are suffering. The restaurants are suffering. The hotels are empty. You know, gyms are empty. And then, you know, they suffer. The landlord suffers. Everybody's suffering. Uh, I think that there's plenty of people, I'm one of them, ready to cash out. So, like I said... I'm putting properties on the market right now for mega millions less than I thought they were worth and what I would have took before this shit started. So now's a great time to go out and look for bargains, okay? It's always a good time to look for bargains, but now there's a lot of scared people out there. They just don't want to tell nobody they're scared. But I would be out there lowballing stuff because, like I said, 
You know, you put some money in front of somebody. These days, they're going to think twice. The stock market's going up. The stock market's going down. It's like a brand new boat. I had a wax and everything. Everything's working. The air conditioning's working. The generator's working. It'll cruise at 40 miles an hour. It's got two sleeping compartments. It's got a refrigerator. It's got a microwave. You can take a shower and use the bathroom in it. What the hell else do you want? All under 27, 8 feet. Made by formula. Come on, 30 grand. Come on down to Clearwater and let's make a deal. What else you got? Andres Estronza, thanks for the $5. I submitted an Ask Ben question. Looking for attendant help on Force Major. I mean, Major. Force Major? Major claim. Force majeure. Is that somebody looked that up? Is that some friggin' French word they came up with? Fuck you, force majeure. Force majeure, from my understanding, means that it was, uh, you know, the government or somebody major came in like a war, or government or something, shut you down. I'm trying to fight that honestly with my tenants, saying, listen, you know, it ain't force majeure. A virus doesn't classify for that. And let's make a deal, okay? I'm making deals, all right? So it's best to make a deal. If the tenant's trying to pull that, say, listen, it's, they ain't got no legal. My lawyers say they got no legal way to stand on it. If that was the case, there'd be a million lawsuits, billions of lawsuits. It's not fair to say that. It's best to we all buckle down together. Let's make a deal. What's fair to everybody? How much can you afford to pay? Let's put it on the back end. I've even given away some rent to some big shot clients. They squeezed me, you know, where I had to abate some rent. You know, it depends. Well, that's the problem. The tenant, what I didn't know, did not have a lease agreement. They were on a week-to-week basis. Okay. And we, I did not do my due diligence and figure it out, which ended up. Here we are now, fast forward now, we went back to the home. We thought the current tenant was gone. We knocked on the door and someone brand new opened it up. And we said, who are you? And they, he said, I don't know. I've been paying rent here. All right, well, pay and me your rent. How much I'm not paying? Leaving. So get the gun. He said, I'm not paying. He said, I'm not paying it to you, though. Who's he paying it to? The current tenant that we thought was there at the time, but that tenant's gone, disappeared. And I don't have a key to the place. Um, So I guess we labeled him as a squatter. So. All right, listen. You know, there's two ways to handle it. Well, the problem is you can't evict nobody right now. Okay? That's, 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 everybody knows it, right? Right. Okay. And, you know, I mean, I don't think, I don't know. I, I don't, I don't, the guy who sold you the house screwed you. I mean, because he should have been collecting rent. Wasn't he collecting rent? He, he was collecting rent. This was right before Corona stuff happened. He was collecting rent. Sounds like the a The tenant scam. was apparently good. Can you this- hear me? Yeah, I can hear you, but listen, that guy, listen, that guy, is there any way of reasoning with the guy and having a meeting with him say, listen, let's just, let's just discuss this like intelligent With the guy who's in there? Yeah. 
and say, listen, no, I un- what's I your blew problem? It. I blew it. I lost my temper, and I ended up going to uh, an attorney. Because I called, I called the police department, and the police department stated, if I don't have a key, there's nothing I can do. But if there's any way I can change the locks before he comes, there's something I can do about that, but it was risky because there was a dog in there. Um, and then he said, if he has proof of residency and you change the locks and he provides a letter of any sort, then it's going to fall on me. You know, the problem is because of this goddamn virus right now, you can't evict nobody because otherwise you say fucking evict them. But there's no way... That I mean, does the guy want to pay any rent? I don't think he's paying rent to anybody. To tell you the truth, I'm just no. telling my opinion. No, I, I think he's just no, I you, blew it. you know. Um, so you know, the biggest problem is you're stuck right now because this goddamn virus. Because I mean, otherwise, unless attorney's smart enough to figure it out, you can't make no deal with the guy and say, "Listen, you know, I'm a victim here. You know, I bought the house. You know, you're supposed to be here paying rent." You know, and, and if he ain't got no money, say, listen, there's money out there. I'll help you. I'm telling my managers right now, if the tenant didn't pay you the goddamn rent, you go knock on their door. I don't care if you got to drive them and take them to somewhere. They got to file an application online. Go somewhere and file it. I don't care. I used to do it and, and, and get some assistance. There's a whole uh, bunch of people giving uh, rental assistance right now online for every single county. The county's doing it. The state's doing it. Everybody's doing it. So, you know, yeah. I mean, if you could try to at least have somebody go there and meet with the guy or, you know, or you try to telephone the guy first if you get his number or something or, or, or leave a, a note there, please call. I don't know. You know, the attorney's going to tell you, no, don't have no contact. But, you know, uh, but I don't he, know. What's the, the attorney claiming he's not protected under the eviction moratum, uh, uh, the, the Santos eviction law. Well, then what's the attorney going to do about it? What's he going to do? Called, he, said, he said he's going to get him out. But yeah, it's going to take. It's going to take how it's long? Gonna take, huh? How 60 long? Days. How many? 60. You're lucky. If he get it done in 60 days during a fucking virus, then you, he, you're he lucky. Said, he, said it's, he said it's just based on the court systems. But I said, I uh, think the court systems put, are backed up. Yeah, and plus they're not putting but, people out right now. Anyway, you can try that. But, you know, I talked to the attorney and said, listen, maybe let's try to settle with this guy somehow. You know, either give him a few bucks to get the hell out of here or stay here and pay the fucking rent. You wanted a tenant in there, didn't you? You bought it for income, or what did you buy it for? Oh, it was supposed to be just a flip. A flip. Renovation and a flip. How could it be a renovation and a flip if it was occupied with a tenant? And you had the to get a company was, to lease. They were going to get out. Well, they were, but you're not supposed to. They were going to get out. Well, the problem the is sold the, it. the person that sold it to you, you shouldn't have let him get his money until you went. How did you buy it? Didn't you inspect it when you were there? Didn't you go through the house and inspect it? Yeah. And you yeah, saw there was a the tenant, tenant there. Well, you shouldn't have. I you, knew, yeah, I, knew, I met the tenant. You met the tenant and it wasn't the same person? No, when I went the other, when I went two weeks ago, it was someone new. Fuck that. Who's paying the utilities? Screwed, Who's paying the utilities? Huh? 
Who's paying the utilities? That I don't know. I don't know if it's on his name, well, you're but not paying they it. said that if it is, it's going to be a disaster. It's not me, though. I'm not on the utilities. And the attorney didn't Listen, advise to switch it to the yeah, right. switch okay. mine. No, 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 don't do that. Listen, you better let the attorney do what he can do. But in the meantime, he took a thousand dollars. So, uh, you know, everybody's trying to make money right now. But listen, there's no guarantee with the court system. In the meantime, say to the attorney, hey, does the attorney, anybody have any contact with the guy living there right now? No. Nobody. I saw him face to face, but I blew it. Uh, I lost my temper. And. Well, you need to try to, I don't know, you know, talk to the attorney, see if he can reach out to him, send him a letter or some bullshit, try to contact him, send somebody over there, uh, you know, I, I don't There know. is no lease agreement. I know, but it could be a verbal agreement, and, you know, who the hell knows, right? Now, listen, if